The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into the Roto World Basketball Show. Today we have a jam-packed episode covering the Clippers' eight-game winning streak. John Morant's return back to the NBA and a heck of some basketball last night between the Boston Celtics, the Golden State Warriors, plus more teams. Uh, with me today, Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports. Start with you, Dan. Good afternoon. And uh, any opening thoughts on the past week or last night? Because three great games last night. Yeah, let's just talk about last night, man. That job return was crazy. 34 points. I mean, the game winner. What, what else do you like? This is basketball, man. This is why um, having job back is so important for the game. Like the dude is a star, superstar. Um, but then also like the nightcap with Steph Curry putting the Celtics to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you can't you can't write this stuff, man. It's just great. Great script writing by the NBA, man. Just a re- really fun mm-hmm. night of basketball last night. Yeah, definitely agree in all retrospects there. I want to say hello, Raphael. Good day, sir. Uh, what's going on in that NBA field cranium of yours? Um, yeah, I think last night's games were really good. Uh, I think the Suns are in a bit more trouble than we may have anticipated. Um, Bradley Beal, unfortunately, can't stay healthy. You know, they've had injuries across the board throughout the season. Losing that game to Portland last night, that's – that's a serious red flag in my book. Obviously, it's just one game out of 82, but when you look at the totality of things thus far, man, uh, I don't know what to say, and I'm sure there's some different fantasy-related angles that we're probably going to get into at some point today, too. Yeah, last night uh, was very interesting for me, Rafael, because, you know, I had the uh, the $5 no-sweat bets, and mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't even put it on the Blazers' money line last night. I was like, yeah. can they win? I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, but you watch the game and you're just reminded the Suns really have no depth on that bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be a problem at some points. And we saw it was a problem for a few teams last year. Uh, but let's start with um, let's start with the Warriors and the Celtics game, because to me, that was probably uh, the most exciting game, most hyped up game. Of course, we all want to talk about John Moran, and his return. But anytime you get Golden State in Boston, you know, you're about to witness a great game. But Pozemski. Got injured, had a lower back strain, Dan. So now we're looking at what's going to happen with Golden State's lineup. Do you think CP3 should be implemented? Do you see they going back to Wiggins here? Like, what are we doing in Golden State? Um, yeah, so I think the immediate add is, is definitely Jonathan Kaminga here. Um, I think he's going to wind up being more of a fixture of this of this lineup here. He's going to play heavy minutes. From a fantasy perspective, though, he's not the best fantasy player. Like, he usually just does points and rebounds, but. Maybe we'll see more um, 
more involvement in the offense now that they are less or down another playmaker like Pajemski was. Um, we haven't figured out how long he's going to be out. It sounds like a back issue. So, you know, hopefully it's just a short-term thing. But Chris Paul played outstanding. I would expect him to still probably play with the second unit just to kind of keep that rhythm and flow going, um, especially with Wiggins still coming off the bench. Um, I think Wiggins is still too hit or miss for me to trust him in fantasy, but Chris Paul should be solid. I'll be looking at Dario Saric and maybe the rookie. Um, Jackson looked pretty good in his first debut of entering the rotation, and he might be a big that actually winds up getting a little bit more minutes now that Kevon Looney's really not playing that well. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis was amazing at Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach Eady wasn't so dominant at Purdue. Trace Jackson Davis probably could have won the Naismith Award, to be honest with you. He was that efficient there with Indiana. So uh, same question for you, Raphael. Are you looking at Trace Jackson Davis now as a pickup? Does Moses Moody get a shout-out? He's only played 20-plus minutes and won the last mm-hmm. six games. So yeah. that's what we're quite looking for. Yeah, I think obviously we're hoping for more out of Moody in terms of opportunity. That hasn't happened. Maybe it happens here. But I think they have more to choose from on the perimeter than they have in in the post, especially with Draymond Green being suspended. Um, they're going to have to have a serious conversation about Kevon Looney, you know, because he really hasn't been able to play that well, regardless of who's in the lineup or who's absent. So my only pause with Jackson Davis is that we've heard Steve Kerr in the past say about young guys, they're going to be in the rotation, they're going to play those minutes, and then they fall out of the rotation immediately when some veterans return. So talked about this on a few, on a few other podcasts, but I think the Draymond Green suspension has forced them to have some hard conversations about the entire rotation, because I think they're kind of willing to let, give the veterans that leeway that they couldn't afford to. You know, Clay, Clay Thompson's turned things around and played better basketball. Wiggins, like, like Dan said, is too hit or miss right now. So you can't really trust him in fantasy or actual basketball right now. So I think, Jackson Davis should be a guy that you look to for more opportunities, more fantasy production. I just would not be surprised if their first game after he's out of the rotation because of some finicky change, you know, <laughs> Tuesday in that next game. So, Yeah, well, it's only December, so they have plenty of time to figure out the rotation. Well, maybe not plenty of time because this is, you know, not a winning record. But, there are games uh, on you know. the schedule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So you mentioned Draymond Green, though. You know, he's got the three weeks that he's going to be out if he opts to come back right after that. Uh, This talks NBA could suspend him for 10 more games. Uh, Draymond has only played 15 games this season. He's been ejected of three of them, which is one-fifth of the games, yes, and received suspensions in two of them, averaging 9.7 points and and 5.5 rebounds. So I definitely think everything you guys said is warranted. Definitely see more Trace Jackson Davis in the future here. Uh, maybe Sara can step up if Kayvon Looney continues to uh, throw up no-goes for us when it comes to fantasy. But let's double back to John Moran, okay, because uh, he keeps his receipts. That's what he said, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, 34 points, as Dan mentioned. He shot 50% from the field, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, eight assists, or, yeah, eight assists, six rebounds. He did it all. He was John Moran. Um, what's the fantasy impact now of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain? Because obviously anyone that has them was happy all season long, but now, you know, their value is kind of dwindling. Or is it? I don't think so, personally. I think having Jaw on the floor opens things up a bit for those two offensively. Maybe in terms of Desmond Bain, he has a few more opportunities to finish, so to speak, as opposed to create. 
So, you know, catch and shoot opportunities. The guy's one of the best three-point shooters in yeah. the NBA. So I think maybe that three-point percentage, that three-point number increases. The assists may take a hit, but I think he'll be fine. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of underwhelmed in fantasy. I think he's like a top 80 player right now where you're kind of expecting like top 25 value. I don't know if he gets that high, but I think he can be better, especially if he doesn't have, if he has another playmaker on the floor with him offensively. That's a great point about uh, Desmond Bain. I'm going to have to pull up his catch and shoot numbers with uh, John Morant last year, because I do remember that being a large part of his game. And when Morant was on the floor, uh, Bain's point production really didn't go down whatsoever. Uh, maybe the assists will. But, uh, Dan, what's your thoughts on the uh, three-headed monster in Memphis? And can they turn their season around now? Is that all they needed was John Moran back? Uh, I mean, they're in a pretty substantial hole right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it, how much it's really going to turn it around. I mean, they're going to get way more wins than they had before. And uh, to Raph's point earlier, I think it is going to open up a bit more for Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., so – I'd expect them to play better, especially Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, three of Morant's assists went to Jaron Jackson Jr. yesterday. Four went to Bain. So I think you're already starting to see the floor raising when you actually have a playmaker that can do something. Desmond Bain's been doing his job. Like he's been doing mm-hmm. it exceptionally, but he's a he's a two guard. You know, he's a he's a small forward. He's a he's a wing guy. So I think now that we can get him back to his more natural position, we'll see him probably become a little bit more efficient. Maybe the assists come down, but, you know, I think ultimately both of these guys are going to be better uh, with John Morant back on the court. I guess my question would be, given what we know about Ja and his performance in category leagues, is this like a sell-high moment for Ja? I personally wouldn't, but I think the question, it's a question that needs to be made just because Ja is usually like a top 70 guy, and Mm -hmm. to expect him to do 34, 8, and 6 every night efficiently – with low turnovers, like, I, I don't know that I can count on that, but I just want to get your guys' opinions there. So that's a good question. Uh, he, he had five turnovers. You know, you're, that's not really a surprise just because first game back um, and the way they're getting after him defensively, you're going to have those numbers, especially in the first half. Um, man, you could probably – I don't know. See, that's the thing that you make a good point there. It's usually like a top 70 player. So you're at your return – on a sell high for him may be a bit limited for that reason. Um, Cause I, if I'm selling high on a player like Ja, I'm probably aiming for like top 25, top 30, but yeah. I don't know if you can <laughs> yeah. get that given the track record and also the injury history. You know, I don't, he's got 57 games max to play. Is he going to hit 50? I hope so, but you, you can't really say for mm-hmm. sure for any player, much less one who's had a couple significant injuries where he's missed extended time in the past. I'd like to say if John Morant does somehow average 38, the 34, 8, and 6 through those 57 games, I'll double back on my MVP conversation from earlier this season. <laughs> I don't see it happen, though. I don't see it happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I would consider trading. I mean, you know that, you know, he's going to get those few nights a week, a month where he's dropping 38 and 6. But, I mean, consistently, like, I just looked up the Desmond Bay numbers, and this is actually quite surprising because. Desmond Bain is shooting the same amount of field goal attempts as last year catch and shoot mm-hmm. without John mm-hmm. Morant. Right now, he's actually shooting 43% from three and a 64.3 effective field goal percentage. That's last disgusting. year with 
disgusting. And last year with Morant, it was 60% effective field goal percentage and 40.5% from deep. So, okay. um, yeah, maybe Desmond Bain might be the guy uh, you'd want to get, you know, maybe get a two-for-one here and get Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. Is that even possible? Two-for-one John Morant with Bain included? I don't know. you got to find somebody that I play fantasy with. All right, let's talk yeah. about Shaden Sharp. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you trading both of them? Or, cause I don't... No, no, no. We're going to trade oh, John Moran and get Desmond Bain and okay. somebody else right. in return. Um, you know, that could work on a non-fantasy uh, guy like you. You know, you guys, you're not going for that. But, uh, <laughs> it's not terrible. It depends on who the other yeah. guy is. But... How about uh, Shaden Sharp? How about him? Shaden Sharp and Desmond Bain for John Moran. Uh, I ain't doing that. No. Yeah, Can't go Sharp has struggled a bit too much, and now you got the groin injury. Uh, uh, yeah, and that, that was something worth noting because, you know, Portland's looked good. The guards, Anthony mm-hmm. Simons, has looked really good lately yeah. as well. And uh, Brogdon's kind of took a step back, let the young guys play. Uh, so what does that do now that he's injured, Raphael? Like Shaden Sharp, like I said, he's, he's picking his play up the last two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I think Brogdon gets a boost here because now you're looking at a situation where he can play 30-plus minutes a night. My only concern would be what happens with the partnership between he and Scoot Henderson. I think they've been playing well together off the bench, taking a little pressure off of Scoot as a playmaker when they've been paired up. So I think if if we're looking at an extended absence for Sharp, that could potentially be a concern because I don't think you can put Matisse Thibault in there as your fifth starter. You already have Tumani Kamara out there. So that would have effectively two non-shooters. Aiton's not a shooter outside of 15 feet. So the spacing would be a nightmare. So I think Brogdon probably moved back into the starting lineup, which could give him a nice little boost right now fantasy-wise. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Brogdon's certainly a guy. You know exactly what you're getting out of him every night. And he's not going to be too selfish with the ball either. He's going to set these young guys up. And speaking of Scoot Henderson, Dan, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, we I was bragging about how I cashed under nine and a half points on Scoot Henderson against the Warriors. Well, uh, <laughs> since then, 10 points, 19, 23, 13, 14, then a nine spot last night against the Suns. So he's upped his play a lot uh, for Scoot and Brogdon. What do you think this does for them? Yeah, I actually had a similar question, and I, I, I like Raph's thinking about it. Um, it's really like I actually thought that they might consider putting Scoot back in the starting lineup just because they don't want him to anchor that that second unit because he struggled mm-hmm. doing so. And I think it makes sense bringing Brogdon off the bench and, you know, maybe you can lighten the load having him play alongside Anthony Simons, a bucket getter. Jeremy Grant has seen his shot selection increase as well. And I don't know if Aiden wants to be aggressive. You know, that's three other additional mm-hmm. scores you can have in your lineup that you can kind of rely on. Um but I think it also makes sense to have Brogdon be with the starters, right? So I think either way, both of these guys are going to benefit and see 30 minutes a night because of Shaden Sharp's injury. We'll see how long this goes, but we know that Portland's going nowhere fast, so there's no impetus yeah. for them to rush him back from a groin injury, especially for how, how athletic he is. And, you know, uh, you don't want to cap any of that upside with him. So if they play it conservative, I think we'll see Scoot Henderson play you know, upwards of 33, 34 minutes along with Brogdon, who, I don't know, this is actually looking, shaping up pretty well for Scoot Henderson, right? Because anytime mm-hmm. you see Brogdon playing over 30 minutes consistently, he's bound to get hurt. Um, <laughs> I think this is actually really good for Scoot Henderson. So if he's sitting there out on waivers, man, I, w- I would definitely start to consider him now. Um, as Raf said last week, he had to get a, used to those goggles. And I think he's actually, you know, he's shooting better. He's playing better. 
Uh, um, Vaughn just went down all the lists of his double-digit scoring in a row. Um, I think this guy's a player that you want to start to target. He's climbing up that rookie ladder. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Rafael? No, I think he, he covered all of it there. So. Yeah, and uh, give a shout-out to the Blazers once again, breaking their uh, losing streak. I believe they had seven games before they beat the Suns. Uh, not quite the 24 that the Pistons are at. And, uh, of course, shout-out to the Spurs, too, who broke their losing streak, yeah. <laughs> beating the Lakers and LeBron James uh, a few nights ago. Um, so that was pretty exciting as well. Uh, a lot more NBA talk on the other side of this promo. We got uh, Bradley Bill and the Suns conversation. Cavaliers got hit by injuries as well. And uh, it wouldn't be a Roto World basketball podcast if we didn't talk about Jaden Ivey uh, and Kate Cunningham and company. <laughs> so uh, as a reminder, everyone, it's the holiday season. Uh, Christmas is coming fast. Get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Roto World draft guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Just go to NBCSports.com backslash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout, 25% off, and a $10 Fanatics gift card. Again, HOLIDAY23 at checkout. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor... Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So, Bradley Bill injured his ankle. He's out for two weeks. This Suns team just cannot get away from injuries, Rafael. Uh, now there's the usual suspects when it comes to picking up in fantasy. Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, they both got many shout-outs last week. Does that mm-hmm. continue into this week? I think so. Um, Allen's been a replacement in the starting lineup, so I think he's your priority there. Also, we know about Eric Gordon's injury history. You know, that's another reason. Yeah to kind of hesitate on picking him up, but I think they're both going to have value. Um, I just favor Allen a bit more for the mere fact that he is going to be the starter until Beal gets back. So, yeah. Yep, and he hasn't been uh, too bad when he does get the opportunities this year. I mean, he's averaging 12 points on the season and 11 points in four straight games. So uh, definitely helping out Dan. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Phoenix Suns situation right now? Who would you be looking to pick up? 
Yeah, it's Grayson Allen for me. Uh, I think it's really just the steals that he provides. He's scoring more. He shoots threes. He's just a little bit more impactful than Eric Gordon is right now. And as Raph stated, there's always an injury risk with Eric Gordon. But, um, yeah, it just sucks for Bradley Beal, you know, to to go down with an ankle injury. It looked That looked like a grade two type sprain mm-hmm. that's going to keep him out for a couple weeks. So um, just wishing him well that they can actually get to see this big three that they tried to, you know, uh, just win some games with and they just can't seem to stay healthy. So, yeah, Grayson Allen's going to be the one to continue to add if you're in a deep league. I think uh, Jordan Goodwin makes sense if uh, you're mm-hmm. looking for like a deep add. Um, surprisingly good rebounder for his size and, and always gets active on the defensive end. So that's probably the deepest I would go. Um, yeah, those are probably the best ads right now, Grayson Allen. Yeah, it, it's rough. It's rough in Phoenix. Like, you know, Kevin Durant's giving you 40. Devin Booker's giving you 26. And that is literally almost 65% of your point production for the night. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you, you're in trouble, you're not, man. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. start off talking about, they're they're in serious trouble right now. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I love the fact that Devin Booker is able to rack up his assists. You know, Kevin Durant obviously still looks like a top five player, but I mean, you can't trust Nasir Little, Grayson Allen, Nurkirk, Eubanks, Gordon Goodwin. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's it's gonna be Clippers territory here. Uh, not quite, I guess, because Clippers are actually winning right now. Yeah, right. they figured it out at least, at least seemingly. Yeah, yeah, for now, for now. Uh, let's talk about Cleveland. Let's stay, let's stay on the East Coast, uh, East Coast close by me because uh, Darius Garland uh, got a job injury. Out for four weeks, Evan Mobley, a knee injury. Out for four to six weeks. Uh, now it's a Donovan Mitchell show. He's probably going to be everyone's favorite target for 30-plus points because he's about everything they got going for them. So, Dan, I'll start with you. What are we doing in Cleveland with fantasy? It's tough, man. Um, I think in 12-team leagues, Isaac Okoro is probably someone that you can add right now. Um, He's improved from a three-point shooting perspective. He plays defense. Like, that was what he really made his his bones through, you know, coming through the draft and everything like that. So I think he's going to play more. Dean Wade is not somebody I would actively pick up. He'll probably have games here and there. Sam Merrill got into the lineup uh, in the rotation last game. So I feel like they're just trying to figure it out. Um, it's going to be solely relying on Donovan Mitchell and, and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert here. Karis LeVert's probably not available in most leagues, um, given the news that happened with Darius Garland um, mm-hmm. earlier in the week. So at this point, I think you're really just stretched so thin. Isaac Okoro is probably the best ad that's realistically available on on waivers right now. Yeah, still got a couple other guys, too, out there, Raphael, like uh, maybe uh, Dean Wade. You know, Max Struess got his shout-outs, too, here on the show. Uh, would you be looking at picking up either of those two guys? If Struess is available, I think he's going to be the priority of those guys. He's been a starter all year. Um, gives him three-point shooting. Sam Merrill, uh, career-high 19, five three-pointers. Um, I think in extremely deep leagues, the pride of Utah State may be someone to uh, – mm-hmm look at if you need three pointers, but I don't think he's going to be a priority on par with like uh, Okoro, Struess, or even Dean Wade. Dean Wade hasn't been a great fantasy guy, but given the role, I think he's someone that it's going to engender more interest than he has when they're full, when they're uh, complete. That was crazy. I literally put on a, put in a bid for Sam Merrill in a 30 deep, 30 deep dynasty <laughs> league and lost. How did I not get Sam Merrill? That's how bad it is that I'm like actively looking yeah. for these guys to help my roster, man. It's it's bad out here. You get hit by injury season, Dan. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, Draymond Green, uh, 
who else I got? I had DeAndre Ayton for a while. Oh, man, it's a Jalen Duran. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't get him unfortunately because it's thirty teams. Like you're you're literally yeah. bare bones anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But all the main guys that I got in the first three rounds are all either hurt or playing like crap. I probably have Andrew Wiggins on that team. Like it's it's garbage. It's bad. Yeah, it's, I have to pick up Sam like Merrill. That's how team. bad it is. Yeah. Thirty yeah, deep leagues are. Are crazy. Like you get that notification that someone's been picked up. You're like, wait, he's still in the league. And so that, so yeah, I feel I'm you. Dropping on that. Tail Maladon. I'm like, wait, this dude was on the, the Hornets. Now he's on the Suns. Mm-hmm. Dude, he might even get playing time the way the Suns yeah. keep on getting injured. So I don't yep. know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we're we might have, to have a little segment here. We'll see how many people play thirty deep because yeah, this is a, this is great talking about guys playing four or five minutes per game here, but it makes a difference. Uh, very true. Well, at least your team sounds. Hopefully, it ends up better than my fantasy football teams. Uh, yeah, Dan, I went zero and three this year. Teams. I cut back from five teams to three and went zero and three. Didn't make the playoffs, man. But I don't oh, want to talk geez. about it because uh, the Detroit Pistons aren't going to make the playoffs either. Throwing it out there, uh, they uh, can they end their losing streak? Like first and foremost, when can that happen? Because lo- I'm looking at the schedule. All right, and over the next let's go let's go week. They play versus Utah at Brooklyn at home against Brooklyn before they go to Boston. Can they beat the Jazz or the Nets? I think they can because that Utah game, it's the second game of a back-to-back for the Jazz. And as well as Colin Sexton and Taylor Horton Tucker have been playing, I just have this feeling that there's going to be one game where it comes crashing down because I I don't – but much respect to them for how well they've played over the last week or two. I just have too much much evidence to the contrary that leads (laughs) me to believe that they're going to have a night where they revert to form. Why not Thursday? Because the Pistons don't get it done on Thursday. I think Brooklyn hasn't been great, but their form, well, I guess too, because I can't really say that Utah's their best chance when the Jazz just beat the Nets. So, yeah. I guess one of these next three games, they may (laughs) have to do it because I don't see them going to Boston and getting it done. We'll, no. we'll Detroit, Michigan, an early Christmas present before they play the Brooklyn Nets on the 26th. Because, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but there is a trend in the NBA that is very favorable. Now, when two teams play back-to-back games with some rest in between, the team that lost the first game almost always wins or covers the second game, unless you're the Orlando Magic playing the Boston Celtics. <laughs> but – do you think – are you with Raphael? Do you think they can beat the Jazz? If not, do they split against the Nets? I think this streak will be over by Tuesday, December 26th. So worst case, they'll get that. They'll play to the trend, and they'll eventually beat the Nets on that second game of the back-to-back – well, not a back-to-back, but the homestand where they play mm-hmm. each other. Actually, it's not a homestand. They play each other. It's home and the, home, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like they're close, man, and it's taken Kate Cunningham to drop 40 points for them to even have a chance these days. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, the question I've been wondering through my head, because I have Kate in, in a couple of spots, like did I miss my trade high window after that 41-point game, or will it get better for the Pistons here going forward? I mean, it has to get better for the next yeah. month, for a month or two before, you know, they continue just to lose. But this team's not yeah. making it past 20 wins, so he's not no, playing a full season. sniffing it. Yeah, he's not playing a full season. Well, that's why I think no, I think he'll play. Concern. 
I actually think he'll play because if we're being honest, what has he proven that he's going to be a worthwhile cornerstone for them in this rebuild? Hmm. You know, like he's had good game. I don't think he's gotten to that point. I think he's had good games for sure. Um, But in terms of a guy that you can point to and say, we're going to build around him. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think anybody on that roster can really say that, you know, in terms of him, Duran, Jaden Ivey, who in a starting lineup for Killian Hayes the other night, played well for fouling out. I don't look, man, if this were like the holdover coaching staff, I would probably be a bit more inclined to say that, but new coach, they give him money, the leeway to do as he pleases much to the dismay of fantasy managers. But I think, I don't know, man. As good as Cade looked the other night, I don't think he's proven himself to be that number one guy that they can build around and be successful yet. So you think there's a greater chance of them keeping a SAR long term than Cade? I I don't. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't put it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. Like he's played 30 minutes and he's back down to like 13 to 15. So I think they're still trying to figure all this out. So I don't think that Cade would be a shutdown candidate later in the season for that reason. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, go ahead and ship him out or anything like that. But, you know, I'm just saying there's more to prove. That's all I'm saying here. No, that's that's very true. That's a good point, too, because, you know, I was thinking about it last year. I forgot that he missed basically the entire season. Um, It's taken him till year three to play 82 games in the NBA. So that's definitely a factor, too, if you're talking about a cornerstone, because talking about being – the franchise player for two or three seasons is different than being, you know, the cornerstone of a rebuild mm-hmm. and Cade being there for five years, shooting less than 32% from three and turn the ball over four more times a game may not, you know, be as yeah. enticing long-term. So I do, I do see your point. He does have a lot to prove still as does this entire team. And Dan, you were mentioning too about them trying to figure out these rotations because we saw Ivy start again, uh, for Killian Hayes, who's injured, obviously, Kate, as you mentioned, at 40-plus against Atlanta. Uh, but they just have so much going on right now. Like, what, where are you looking as far as picking up players, or are you just clearly staying away? Uh, I mean, if you can figure out Monty's rotation of whether he's going to go with Killian or Jaden Ivey, I think it makes sense you could stream them. But, you know, we're not talking long-term holds here. I think the only one that's actually has some job security is probably Cade, Bogdanovich, Mm-hmm. And Duran when he returns, but he's not even practicing yet. So I don't know that you yeah. can rely on him. I'm not picking up James Wiseman. Bagley's hurt. Uh, there's just not really a lot that you can do here. So I would just tell people to hold on to Asar Thompson as long as you can. Like if you're in the top of the standings, I think it makes more sense for you to hold him. If you're in the bottom, maybe you can trade him to a person at the top. But, you know, there's, it's it's a point of time where – the rotation is so unpredictable that it, I don't know how you can trust anyone outside of the main guys. Um, it's just, it's just hard. Yeah. Marcus Sasser too, another guy that's barely been scraping by in 15, 20 minutes over the last three or four games. You got Alec Burks, Stolting. another guard in the rotation bouncing from four minutes in one game to 23, the next game. Uh, so yeah, it's very hard to judge this rotation. Rafael, do you have any other inputs or plays you're just keeping an eye on for Detroit? I just hope, if they win a game soon, that can kind of straighten out the rotation because maybe that's why they're, they're making so yeah. many changes, you know, just trying to mm-hmm. figure out a way to end the losing streak. Um, once that happens, maybe they can go ahead and, and get some 
continuity there within the rotation. Yeah, maybe that's all it's going to take is a win for Detroit to figure out who we're going to play for the second straight game. Sorry, same starting five. Don't know if we'll get it, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty devilish, but I don't know if I'm going to put the Detroit Pistons in my pocket on Thursday against the Jazz. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I like money, and I don't like losing. We'll see. Uh, it is Christmas time, everybody. So on the other side of this promo, we got Keegan Murray talk some uh, sell high candidates, buy low candidates, and see who we're rolling with here. But it's time to unwrap an early Christmas present. This Saturday, there's an NFL doubleheader, and it all begins at 3 p.m. Eastern as we take you on kickoff between Pittsburgh and the Bengals. All right, the Steelers are on NBC and Peacock, so you know I'll be watching. Then at 7.30, it's a Peacock-exclusive matchup as Josh Allen and the Bills look to stay in the postseason mix when they travel to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. Those are going to be two great games. Expect one to be low-scoring, you know which one that is, and the other one to be high-scoring, you know which one that is. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, so let's talk about someone else that could score a lot of points. Keegan Murray, Raphael. My guy dropped 47. Uh, he was 12 of 14 from three. He had Stephen Curry answering questions about him in his post-game interview after his game. Uh, so what are we doing with Keegan Murray? Um, are we going to sell him at this ultimate high, or are we going to try and you know buy back on this guy because we think he's going to continue this reign? I think I would hold him personally if I had him. Um, when you drafted him, you weren't expecting him to be a borderline top 50 player. So I think that can – some people can use that as a reason to try to sell high. I would I would keep it to hold on to him just because I don't think his floor is that low in terms of fantasy standpoint. He doesn't score 47. He's not going to just drop off the face of the earth. So he would be a hold for me personally. Yeah, and Dan, now he's 54th and 9-cat per basketball monster. So – I'm sure that's uh, out out hitting his ADP from earlier in the season where he was going. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? Would you be looking to hold, trade, go get him? Yeah, I had him, I think, roughly around 90, 85, 90 in my pre-draft rankings. So the fact that he's top 50, I think, or top 60, 
the argument can be made to, to sell high. Um, but I think that we're witnessing a confidence boost in him. One of the things that I was looking at, I was listening to Mike Brown make jokes about how he couldn't post up. And then the, one of the first things he did in the game was get a post up. And uh, I think that type of um, motivation, but then also like watching him just kind of fall, come into his own. I think this is something that the Sacramento Kings have needed. Like last year, he was a rookie, broke the rookie scoring uh, three-point record. So it's not like he doesn't have a history of doing things. Like now he's just expanding his game. So I'm with Raph. I would hold him um, because I think that 47-point explosion, I'm not saying that he's going to do that, but he's averaging over a steal a game. He gets around five or six rebounds. If he can increase that scoring to like 17 and a half points, like you're going to be keeping a top 60 guy all year. So I – I'd be hard pressed to trade Keegan Murray right now, but I do understand the argument because he's not going to be getting, I I don't know that I'm going to say he's going to go for 40 again this year, but I think also think that he's going to be coming into his own. He's going to be extremely efficient and just be a really solid basketball player for this Sacramento Kings team. Well, I just looked it up and the Kings play the Pistons twice this year still. So he'll probably go for 40 again. (laughs) If De'Aaron Fox Fox misses that game. Yeah. We can sign up. Keegan for 30 at least. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, yeah. And I've loved the way that he's meshed with Sabonis and Fox. As long as those three continue to play together, you feel like those three are going to be cornerstones for what Sacramento is mm-hmm. able to do moving forward. Um, and the guy that's actually uh, outpunted his coverage in terms of fantasy the past two weeks, Tyus Jones, uh, 11th. He's ranked, Raphael. Who would have thought that? Uh, what are you doing with Tyus Jones now? Are you going to be able to uh, get anything in return for this guy who's basically put up about 13 points and 10 assists over the past three games on average. I'm selling like the Dukes in trading places, man. Like, I, <laughs> <you know. laughs> like seriously, I, as great as he's been recently, I'm not buying this for rest of the season value, um, especially with that team. Now, if you were with a team where you could look at him and, and see like, okay, this is a viable basketball team, cool. I would be with that. But these guys, like we watched a man flop then dribble to the same exact spot and slip on the said wet spot (laughs) and then get a technical foul in one sequence on Sunday. I'm not going to name any names. It wasn't Tyus Jones. I think you've all seen this. (laughs) It wasn't Tyus Jones. I actually haven't seen it, but I... I, It wasn't Balak Bulabali. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't Daniel. You just need... Jordan yeah, Pohl? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. It, it was one of the most <laughs> incredible sequences I've ever watched in a basketball game, and that's not a good thing. So when you, when you look at that, I, I can't see Tyus Jones being this good for the remainder of the season. You know, maybe top 75 or something like that at, at the height, in my opinion. I'd be looking to trade him right now. I'm refraining from grabbing my phone and watching the YouTube clip because I haven't seen it. But if it's Jordan Poole, do yeah, that. you got to watch the whole thing, not just the the, need, the final slip. <laughs> we need Keenan Bill to get to reenact this. Then, if this is this that guy, good. <laughs> uh, Dan, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on Tyus Jones? Are you selling too? I'm mad it took nine weeks for us to get back to a movie reference, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm struggling here because I got Tyus in a couple spots and he was one of my breakout guys. And not that I'm trying to hold on for dear life here, but mm-hmm. the guy's actually showing life. And I'm just wondering what changed. And 
I guess, I don't know, I think maybe he's realized that the Wizards situation is absolutely terrible. He's just like, yo, I yeah. got to get out of here. <laughs> the Wizards said that they've already determined that Poole might be a trade asset later on. So, like, I feel like he's just, he's just expediting this process. He's like, yo, let me play better. Mm-hmm. I'll get shipped out. Some championship contending team will probably want my services because I look like the guy that was in Memphis, not whatever this situation is in the Wizards. So part of me is willing to sell him for that prospect. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get too predictive of what may or may not happen, but I don't know. He just can't stay in Washington for this much longer. Like I, I one of these two dudes has got to be traded. I feel like if you have Tyus Jones, enjoy it while it lasts, but I don't know what you're going to be able to get on a trade market for him. That's not like comparable value. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't have – I don't think anyone had him as a – I mean, definitely not first-round value, right? But I think it's realistic. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could target a guy in the 60 range, 70 range. I think that that would be a fair deal. Um, and it really be if you're looking for assists and a low turnover rate and decent, you know, field goal percentage. So, um, yeah, Tyus Jones is a back-end point guard for most fantasy teams anyway. So, like, I wouldn't be mad if anyone wanted to sell him. Me personally, I'm holding my shares just because, like, in a couple spots, I need him. I need those assists. So, you know, I can't afford to lose him right now. But if I can find the right trade candidate, I, I certainly will have no problem offloading him. And getting the assists from Jordan Poole. So you got to get him from somewhere. But yeah, Tyus Jones has been awesome in December 20 and a half minutes, 14 points, seven assists, uh, doing what he needs to do for a four and 22 Wizards team that, like the Pistons, is so. really a dumpster fire right now, fighting for last place in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, let's not spend any more. Yeah, they, they are. That's... <laughs> bro. If they I see one good. more, oh man, I like I said I said this last week about Pittsburgh. We need a basketball team. There's no way, yeah. Virginia. I'm... Anyways, Isaiah Hardenstein. Let's talk about him, Raphael. Before I get irked and before I get irked and get real upset on this show, uh, the Clippers. Man, I've been I watched in the past three games. And I've been impressed. Now, there's not wait, much wait. defense going on. Hold on. <laughs> there's no defense. Knicks. He's with the Knicks. Make, oh, sure, make sure that's clear. Sorry, sorry. I got too excited. We didn't talk about the Clippers yet. But, yeah, he's all with right. the Knicks. Correct. The Clippers <laughs> have looked great the last three games. The Knicks, they're yeah. all right. They beat the Lakers. Uh, I give them their kudos for that. Uh, so, what do you think about Hartenstein and the Knicks? Hartenstein is a hold for me, and if I if he's not sitting on a waiver wire, I think he's like fifty percent rostered um, before this. That's way too low. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, the ankle surgery, eight to ten weeks. We just learned uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported one to two weeks for Jericho Sims, who sprained his ankle on the opening tip uh, Monday night. So, yeah, I think my only question is does Tibbs put Hartenstein in a starting lineup or is he just keep him in this role where he comes off the bench, but plays starters minutes. Um, I don't think it's a huge difference in terms of the fancy value just because of how much he's been playing, but it would be kind of funny to watch Taj Gibson start a basketball <laughs> game, but that's happen. like, you know, yeah, you know, it's gonna there's happen. so yeah. Hartenstein, he's either a buy a buy right now, or an ad, and if you have him, you just hold on to him because he's going to have to play a lot for that team these next few weeks. Yeah, that's a very good point too. And yeah, we don't. I love Taj Gibson, Bulls fan, diehard Taj, oh, yeah. but we we Tibbs all want to see a thirty-eight-year-old. <laughs> he's on <still a> roster. <laughs> this dude's yeah. trying to be Adonis Haslam. Uh, Dan, 
what do you got on Hardstein? So Hardenstein for me, man, like I, I, Raf said it best, like it's criminal that he's still 50% rostered, 50 available in 50% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that especially with the Jericho Sims injury, you're looking at a guy that's going to play north of 33, 34 minutes because he has to. Um, Taj Gibson came off the streets. I don't care how much Tibbs loves him. He's going to play something, but it's not going to be like a significant, he's not playing 30 yeah. minutes. So yeah. like if you're going up against any formidable uh, front court, you're going to need a big man. And this dude had 17 rebounds, nine points last game. He's always going to give you the stocks. And I think he is still sneakily good at assists, kind of like Yusuf Nurkic. Um, Isaiah Hardenstein needs to be rostered in all leagues. It doesn't matter what the format is. Like, you got to pick this guy up. And the fact that he's still available like that is crazy. So, um, yeah, pick up Isaiah Hartenstein. I wouldn't say it any different. Yeah, and he had 10 and 17 rebounds in the past two games. One of those double doubles he had was against the Clippers, Rafael. Yeah. Uh, getting revenge on his former <laughs> squad. But, uh, yeah, so uh, five different teams in six years for Isaiah Hardenstein. But certainly it sounds like he's, he certainly seems like he's found his backup position here in New York. Um, so we finally do get to talk about the Clippers here with scheduling. But first, as a reminder, uh, to get all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music, all you have to do is just head over to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports and you can find the Roto World Basketball Show, among other shows. So let's talk about the rest of the Week 9 schedule here. Back-to-backs, who's playing three games. Suns are the only team with one game this week. Um, as I mentioned, the Clippers are one team that has three games, uh, played Rafael, and they've looked amazing uh, lately, winning seven, eight games. So uh, are we buying into any of the Clippers players, and who else do you have your eyes on? I... Their rotation is pretty whole right now. Like Paul George recently returned from injury, so I don't really think there's a pickup per se. Uh, Norman Powell, if you're in a deep league, would be the one guy I would say kind of look into there. Um, but other than that, it's just been interesting to watch them kind of figure things out on the fly in terms of role definition. Uh, James Harden's looked comfortable. Kawhi Leonard has looked like an MVP caliber player these last few weeks, so – I think, if anything, it's about the guys that are already rostered. Um, so, And if there's an injury, Norman Powell's probably going to be that the first guy on the list. I know Amir Coffey was the spot starter, but Powell's going to have to be the clear priority on nights when they're a bit shorthanded. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see um, how the Clippers continue to play when they're not playing much defense. There's not much defense going on in the NBA overall lately, to be honest with you. So, Dan, that might be – kind of where you're looking at picking up some players, maybe some teams that are scoring a ton of points lately. Uh, maybe my Chicago Bulls and Kobe White, you know what I'm saying, playing some great basketball. Who would have saw that coming? Uh, but what do you think? Who's your pickups? Uh, yeah, Kobe White's been playing outstanding, man. And, uh, I mean, good for you if you drafted him as a late-round flyer or picked him up early in, in waivers because uh, he's been actually one of the better surprises of the fantasy basketball season. I think that you guys would also agree. Um one player that I've been looking at uh, is Taylor Horton Tucker, Utah Jazz. He started last game, had 27 points, filled up the box score. Now that Jordan Clarkson's going to be missing upwards of another week uh, with his injury, I think Taylor Horton Tucker is a person that you should be picking up in waivers right now. Um, he was one of the actually the top trending guys over the last night. Um, and I think he's just going to be getting more opportunities to do what he does. Um, he does have a high turnover rate, so just be cognizant of that, but – um, he is good at defense. He shoots threes. He's a really solid player. So with two games left, 
this week, I, I would definitely look at Taylor Horn Tucker. Um, deeper leagues, I think TJ McConnell needs some attention. Um, even in 20 minutes, he's been averaging 10 points, seven dimes, four rebounds over his last three games. So with Andrew Nemhard still out, um, I think TJ McConnell is someone you can roster, always fills up the stat sheet on the humble um, and, and won't cost you much. I think he's under 10% rostered right now. So he's a guy that I've been kind of trying to flag a little bit. Um, and also, uh, let's see here. Um, keep an eye out on Chris Saps Porzingis in uh, his injury maintenance for his calf injury. He missed last night's game. Um, so I think he should be playing tonight, but it hasn't been determined yet. I think he's questionable. So that means Al Horford in shallow leagues is is becoming fancy relevant again. He's 55% rostered. So he should be out there if you're, you're playing in a 10-team or less league. Um, definitely somebody that I would look at as well as um, Zach Collins. I think you also need to kind of watch mm-hmm. out for. Victor Weminyama was missing in the last couple of games with an ankle injury. It doesn't seem to be a long-term thing, but anytime Wemby misses a game, I think Zach Collins is going to benefit. He's probably been dropped in a lot of leagues. So just look out for him. He had 22 points, eight rebounds, and some stocks um, without Wemby in the lineup. So if, I don't know, Pop's also been playing some some tricks with his rotation, but if he ends up back as a starter, Zach Collins should be rostered again. But uh, right now playing off the bench in 15 minutes, Probably not worth it. So I understand why you dropped him if you did. Yeah, those Spurs games are insane. I'm talking like 140, <laughs> 150 points. Like there is no defense. These guys are all just trying to get buckets right now. Um, a lot of teams have been like that, like I mentioned. But the Celtics-Kings game is going to be an exciting one tonight. I like the call on Taylor Horton Tucker as well. Uh, he led his team in scoring last game, outscoring Colin Sexton, which is pretty much all you have to do in Utah. And uh, another mention by TJ, I wear Prada McConnell. Uh, Raphael, uh, Wendell Carter is coming back for Orlando, who yeah. just dropped two games to sell the Celtics uh, up in Boston. Pretty disappointing, uh, in my opinion. But uh, what are you thinking about the Orlando Magic's rotation now? I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, Gogo Patadze has played well as his replacement in the starting lineup. But when Wendell was healthy, Gogo was out of the rotation. So he's outplayed Moritz Wagner, but – do they go back to that original rotation where Mo keeps those backup minutes and Gogo doesn't play, or do we see a shift here? Um, they've got three games left to play this week, including a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. So Carter's minutes will be also worth monitoring there um, in, ter- in those first two games from a stamina standpoint. But I'm interested to see how that rotation behind him shakes out at the center position. you have any opinions on that, Dan? No, I agree. I think it's Goga Bataze that's probably going to be the sacrificed uh, player here um, just because Mo Wagner was the the bench guy prior to uh, Wendell Carter going down. So definitely something to monitor. We'll see how Wendell Carter kind of plays back into the rotation here. But I know he gets hurt a lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I would keep an eye out on, on Goga just in case. Yeah, another team that's been dealing with some injuries, though. Uh, hopefully Jalen Suggs and company can stay healthy. I'd like to watch him and his progression whenever he's uh, he's had it going for him. And, uh, Dan, I do have to point out that how does, how, how is Joel Embiid and the Sixers going to let the Bulls beat them the other night? Didn't mean to say that to you yet on this show since we're both fans of the teams, but – Man, ain't nobody worried about the Bulls. It was the, um, they caught him slipping. I think it's more impressive what Joel Embiid is doing in three quarters against the NBA right now. Um, it's the worst of the being, NBA right and, now. 
Let's be honest. This man is an MVP right now, um, even though the league doesn't want to give him back-to-back again. But uh, we'll see. Well, I, I think he's, he's definitely making the case for – Make, make it a case for for how much he's dominating in the in the games that he's actually playing. Yeah, 40 points per game this month uh, for Joel Embiid. He has scored 50 against Washington and 34 against them, 41 and 35 against Detroit, 42 on Charlotte, 40 on Chicago, and 38 on Atlanta. Ah, oh, my goodness. Uh, before we get out of here, any, any other thoughts? And, Rafael, is Joel Embiid one of the MVP candidates? Is he top three right now? Is he hanging out with Giannis? And, uh, I mean, I don't even know who else you throw in there right now. It's not clear. Luca, Luca. I think yeah, Kawhi's probably. play recently, you know, if he were to keep it up, especially with the availability that he's had, he's someone else. I think the, the race is kind of wide open. But, yeah, Embiid is certainly in the mix for, for MVP at this point in the season. Yeah, it wouldn't be my favorite pick, but I want to see him. Yeah, I mentioned uh, SGA. on a good team. Too. Yeah, SGA is definitely, oh. definitely right there, too. Definitely. Yeah, he has been. He had 30 points the other night again. Um, yeah, he's certainly one of the top five guys right now. Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Shy, and Giannis are top five MVP candidates in order. Um, so it looks like we got all of our guys being represented up there. Um, all right, closing thoughts for the show, um, whether it's waiver wires, your favorite pickups, your favorite 30 deep uh, ad, uh, give it to me, Dan and Raphael. What you got? <laughs> Man, I don't know where we go from Sam Merrill, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I would look at uh, Vince Williams Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been getting minutes, and I think that they've been looking for someone to kind of sustain that wing defense there. He's a decent rebounder, put up a couple double-doubles already. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Jenkins stuck with him just for how he's playing. Um, and now with Ja there, you know, maybe we see a little bit more out of him uh, just raising that floor in general. So that, that's a guy in deeper leagues I would be considering adding. Rafael? Um, no, really. Just happy happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, Man. we appreciate you guys as always for tuning in. And, yeah, enjoy your Christmas with your family. Enjoy the New Year's. By the time we see you next week, the Detroit Pistons will have another W on their schedule. The three of us are calling it. You heard it here um, first. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? Might have to put some money on it. Just check out what we got going on on X, a.k.a. Twitter. Mm-hmm. But – uh yeah, we appreciate all of you guys. Make sure to check out Rotor World or NBCSports.com for all your basketball needs. Make sure you like and subscribe for our guys, Dan and Raphael, myself, and all our producers. Thank you so much for watching. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the week. Merry Christmas. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor... State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.